So something that we did about this time last year, you know, once a month at the end of the month, um, we, we have kind of the, the whole family in here together. And we did this last August, and I just thought it was worth doing again. So I don't know, I'm not ready yet to say it'll be an annual tradition, but we're doing it a couple years in a row where we're just kind of pausing mid-year and reflecting back on some things that have been happening. And so we're just going to share a few stories this morning about what's happening in the life of the church, some things that are going on right now and, and that you can look ahead to. And so my hope is that, you know, kind of wherever we're at, we feel like we can wrap our arms around a little bit of what's just been happening in our church body. A lot of people traveled this summer. Um, college students, y'all are back in town. We're thrilled to have you. And so it's just kind of a good reconnection point. So this is, this is more of an update Sunday. And then the sermon will be about five minutes at the end, just reminding us what water baptism is, what it's all about, um, since we're celebrating that today. Does that sound good? All right, so even though this maybe isn't a traditional sermon, I'm still going to pray that God would just guide us in this conversation, um, that I would be able to speak clearly, and that this would just be a, a, a moment of encouragement for us as a church body, because there's lots of different ways that people are participating in the life of the church. I just think it's good every now and then to go, oh, that's what's happening over there, and that's what you've got going on over there. So we're going to celebrate that together today. Well, Lord, we thank you, God, for, for this church God, I, I know that we are a body. We're, we're a body that's a part of a larger body. And Jesus, we're grateful to be um, a part of your church family. We're grateful to be here in Knoxville and be a part of what's happening in the kingdom and in the church um, here in Knoxville. Thank you. We get to, to find our place in that. And uh, Lord, I just pray this morning you'd guide our conversation. Um, Lord, speak to us, encourage us. Uh, give us vision for what's happening and, and, Lord, where we fit in your kingdom. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so really quickly, um, we have been in existence for about two and a half years now. Um, several of us moved out here from the Nashville area in January of 2016. Um, starting in March of that year, we met in our living room for about three months and we've now been meeting here in the school since June of 2016, so just over two years here in the school. Um, so a lot of just exciting things have happened along the way. And so um, looking at this year so far, you know, trying to pick and choose what all to share about is tough to do. But um, one of the things I wanted to highlight big time because it's such a key part of our church is our life groups, our life groups. A lot of people in the church body have been plugging into our weekly life groups. And these are, this is core for us as a church. You know, one of the things that was just at the top of the list of priorities for us when we felt like God was calling us to Knoxville was the priority and emphasis on being in relationship. Um, God is a God of relationship. He reconciled us back into a relationship with him. We were made to know him and walk with him. And Jesus summarized the whole scripture by saying, listen, it's about loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor. We were made to be in community. And so we celebrate that in church community, but we carry that with us wherever we go. And so by no means is life group the only place where that happens, but our life groups, our hope is that they are a place where people, number one, are in community with each other and building strong relationships. And number two, are growing in their relationship with Jesus. 
Um, if I were to really simply explain the goal of our life groups, it's to, to look at the word of God and see it come alive in our lives, where it becomes applicable in our lives and where we can have a safe place to kind of wrestle through what does that look like for you and I as we go about our day. So we can learn from each other, we can encourage each other, um, we're ironing, sharpening iron within those groups. And so um, those are happening, we're excited about them, it's a big part of personal growth and, and it's a part of corporate growth. We grow together. And so our life groups are key to us, we're kind of relaunching them coming out of the summer um, next Sunday, I know it's Labor Day weekend and some of you might travel, but, and if you do, go back and listen, but we're going to really unpack the entire heart behind our life groups, and it's kind of a life group launch Sunday, um, and we're going to ask people to plug into those if you're not currently in them. And then looking ahead, we're going to spend about 10 weeks starting um, Sunday, September 9th, probably taking us through about Thanksgiving, a series on the Holy Spirit, who he is how he operates in our life, um, man, why we need a relationship with him. Um, he's personal. We're meant to know him. He's a person. He's not just this mysterious, undefined Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're meant to know them and walk with them. So he's personal. He's powerful. He brings power into our life that helps us to grow and change and impact others. And so those are some things we're going to discover together as a, as a church. So that's going to be our series looking ahead this fall. And we're going to be unpacking that big time in life groups together. What does it look like to walk with the Holy Spirit in our everyday life? So that's where we're heading. Um, we've got three groups that you can join. Um, there's a group that's been meeting out west that is growing and expanding and branching a little bit. And so um, we'll have some on-ramps for you guys to jump into life groups uh, next Sunday and the Sunday after will kind of be two opportunities to jump into that. So that's a big part of our church body, and we've been excited to see that grow. Um, all right, I want to talk to you guys about volunteers. We just need to acknowledge some people, okay? So if you serve in any capacity here at the church, if you help with setup, if you help in the kids' area, if you do the coffee, you welcome people, if you open your home for a life group, would you please stand up? Come on, come on, up, 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 stand up, stand up. Awesome, awesome. Can we thank them for all they do? Cool. There's also people that can't hear us right now, but they're like one room over. I'm wondering if we shout really loud on the count of three, if maybe they'll hear us and then we can tell them after church why they heard us yell really loud because we were cheering them on. Can we do that? All right. Just, that's a great idea, Alex. Yes, instead of shouting gibberish, let's shout thank you in unison. That's a really good idea. All right. I just want to yell. Okay, all right, so a coordinated thank you on the count of three. Are you ready? One, two, three. Thank you! Awesome. Now you got to remember to tell them why we did that later. Um, so listen, just on a Sunday morning alone, there are between 20 and 25 people every Sunday helping to pull off everything that's happening. From setup to coffee area, serving in the different kids' areas, um, Caleb, as an example, back there running our tech, like those guys go unseen back there so often. We're so grateful for that. Um, there's 20 people that rotate as a part of our setup team. There's 20 different people that come out and help set up. And they're helping bi-weekly. Every other Sunday, they're getting up early to come. And I'm just, I'm grateful for that. And I think we need to acknowledge that. There's folks serving in our kids' ministry. There's about 21 people right now serving 
Most of them are monthly. Some people jump in a couple times a month to love on and serve our kids. And so I, I just want you guys to hear me say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you. It, it blows me in a way and humbles me that like there's people here. <laughs> I mean, it does. I don't, I don't say that lightly. You know, we kind of just had an idea and a dream and like six of us said, hey, let's try something crazy and go move to another town and try to share God's love with people. And maybe some folks will come be a part of that. And to, and to watch the folks who've come and said, I, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of serving this body, this community, worshiping Jesus. Um, I'm grateful. And I know a lot of these volunteer roles, there's nothing flashy about them. There's nothing exciting about it. It's moving chairs. It's sweating in the summer heat and wishing you had to change of clothes at church. Um, it's sweating when the air conditioning doesn't seem to be working on a Sunday morning. <laughs> um, and so thank you guys. We are really, really grateful. Um, I personally have, have just seen the benefit of working alongside folks and the conversation that happens and the relationship that's built and just feel like, man, we're doing this together. We're in it together. And so I would just encourage you guys, if this is church home to you and you're, you're kind of easing into things and getting to know us here, I, I would just highly encourage you Forget for a minute that it would be helpful to us. I just know that it's of benefit for us to be connected to the body. And I would encourage you to consider volunteering. I would encourage you to consider jumping into a life group. And, and let's, let's really do life together. We want that to be the heartbeat of our church. Yes, we gather on Sunday. We preach the word. We worship Jesus. We need that. We need to do that. But, but church is not about a gathering once a week. It's a group of people who love and worship Jesus and who walk through life together and can look at each other every now and then and go, we're gonna be all right. We can make it through because we're, we're linking arms and we're on this road together, amen? All right, so that's some of the heartbeats of our church. I also just wanna acknowledge um, our kids' ministry and of course, the people I wanted to acknowledge are serving this morning. <laughs> so Grant, could you stand up in place of your wife, Christina? Christina's looking a little rough this morning. She normally looks a lot better than that. Um, <laughs> um, we are grateful to Christina and all that she does to run our kids' ministry. I mean, we pay her a little bit of money, but like, I mean, she is doing way beyond what we are able to do for her financially. And, you know, it's hard, man. We're a growing church at times. I feel like the number of kids we have kind of has grown beyond who we are and what we can handle, and she is just a trooper, man, rallying the volunteers, organizing them. Um, Courtney, if you guys know Derek and Courtney, Courtney has come on board recently and is kind of partnering with her as well, and so we're just seeing some growth in that area. Um, you know, we, we want to not only meet the current needs of the body, but be open to others who would come, and so I'm grateful for them and their hard work making a temporary space welcoming and inviting for our kids. Um, I've also been asked to update parents on a couple of things really quick. So this is your public service announcement if you're a parent. Um, okay, so we do this thing where we check our kids in and they get a little, a little tag on their back or their shirt. And parents, you get a little tag. Okay, that tag is really an important way for us to make sure your kids are safe. We do not want anyone else checking out your kids. That is not you. 
And listen, there's a lot of people jumping in and serving and we train our volunteers and they go through a safety training program. There's all kinds of things that we do. But, you know, if you're here or like your, your parents are here and they're gonna go pick up the kids, there's just no way for us to verify that accurately. And so please make that not only easier on the volunteers but safer for our kids. Please hold on to your tags and bring them to the class when you're checking your kids out, okay? It, we want to keep our kids safe and know they're going to the right people. And if we practice the behavior of just like, oh, I kind of know them, or oh, sure, they can go with that person, you know what I mean? It just takes one time of getting that wrong, and we can't get that back, all right? So this is for your kids' safety. I, don't, I hate being that like stickler about something as simple as like a tag, but please do everything you can to hold on to that. Can we do that? Yep. Yes? Okay, and then kind of additionally along with that, when, when service ends, um, we start tearing a lot of heavy equipment down and moving it around. And so once you've got your kids, if you could really just help keep an eye on them, keep them near you. If you're, if you're helping with setup and tear down, maybe have them work right there with you. Or if one parent's watching the kids and the other's serving, we just don't want anybody to get hurt. Thankfully, we really haven't had that. Some of them jump in and serve. I want to encourage that. Just be there with them. Be there with them. I feel like my son's usually ordering me around on how to do the chairs after church. So anyways, we don't want to discourage that. We just want to make sure they're safe. So can we, can we do all that? Just a little, some safety things? Okay, awesome. All right, well, we're going to talk a little bit more. You know, I'm just going to do it now while we're on the topic of kids ministry. Um, okay, the last thing I want to say is I want to, I want to encourage you guys on something. The biggest area of need in our church is people serving with the kids. It's the biggest area of need. And so here's, here's what I don't want to do. What I don't want to do is stiff arm anybody into doing something that they don't want to do. I don't want to guilt trip you. I don't want to talk you into it. What I will say is we view our kids as vitally important. I'll tell you, the first 10 years of ministry for me, actually even a little more than that, my ministry life was with youth and young kids. I wasn't so sure I wanted to deal with the rest of you people when I first started. I, man, I have a heart for that age. I've, I've, seen, I've seen the benefit and like loving on and pouring Jesus into a young life and watching what happens. Like this generation needs Jesus. And, and they need adults who, first of all, are personally following Jesus. They don't need me to just show up and do a class. They need to be able to look at an adult who loves Jesus and is following him who says, hey, I'm here for you, I'm committed to you, I care about you. And so that's what we're looking for, is people have a heart for that, for loving, consistent help. And so if, if that is something that would be in your heart to say, man, I want to impact these kids for the kingdom and pour into them. You know, this isn't the secondary thing on Sunday morning where we just have to push them to the side so we can have church. Um, it's primary, not secondary. It's not babysitting. Now, I realize that we have newborns. I get that. But the scripture says that God gathers us like a mother hen gathers her chicks into his wings. And even at a young age, you can be communicating love and safety and care even at that young age. Man, I want my kids associating Jesus with, with goodness, with caring, with love. That's what I want my kids to associate with Jesus. And so it's not babysitting. We're pouring into these kids' lives. And so I just want to encourage you to consider participating in that. Um, so anyways, there's, 
there's that. You can talk to Christina if you'd like to be involved. Um, Man, it makes a huge difference. Okay, and then one more thing kind of within our local church by that I wanted to make you guys aware of. Grant, I could have just had you stay standing. Um, Thomas is not here this morning. I want to introduce you all to him next time I get the chance, but Grant was standing a minute ago. Y'all saw him, right? You got it? Okay, so Grant and Thomas are overseeing our benevolence ministry, and this is a way for us to help meet the needs that are happening within the church body. So the first thing we want to say to you is if you are in need, ask it's all right. Ask. Say, hey, I need some help. Maybe, maybe you're sick and we can provide meals. Um, man, maybe you just have hit a rough patch and something's going on. I also want to encourage you guys, you may be aware of other needs in the body. Like we are called to bear one another's burdens. And so we've set up a little email that goes to Grant and Thomas. Um, and, and our hope is just to love and serve the body as there are needs in our midst. And so please don't be shy about that. Um, and please, if you know of a need in the body, let us know. Um, there's already been just some really cool ways that our church has rallied around folks in our body who've gone through hard things. Um, and you'd be surprised what the simplest touch does. Like when you hear take somebody a meal, that might seem like a small thing. It's not. It's not a small thing. Even just the care of like showing up at their house. I love you. I'm praying for you. Here's a warm meal. That matters. That personal touch matters. All right, so those are some things happening kind of local church body. Now let's, let's kind of look out beyond that at some outreach. So I want to talk about some local things that we've been participating in, and then we'll talk about some overseas things. Um, so first of all, locally, we participate with a couple ministries in town. Um, one of them is the Knoxville Dream Center. Um, some of you may have heard of Lost Sheep Ministries. That's a part of the Knoxville Dream Center. It's the part of their ministry that touches the lives of homeless folks in our town. There's a lot, there's a large homeless community in Knoxville. There's something about the intersection of 40 and I-75 and people just kind of land in Knoxville, um, sometimes for a period of time or even years. And they do, they do a lot. They feed them, but they provide medical and dental care and they even do job fairs to help get people actually off the street, give them a fresh start, They work with local businesses that are willing to hire them. It's a really neat ministry. They also um, have food trucks that go around to areas that are relatively poor and don't have easy access to grocery stores. That might surprise you, but there are folks who do not have reliable transportation and live too far away to walk to a grocery store, and these guys are their grocery store. They show up on Thursdays. They have fruits and vegetables. They have canned goods. They have bread, and they let people come through the line for free and do their grocery shopping for the week. Um, it's a really cool ministry, and we've participated in that at times practically, but we are supporting this ministry. Part of the ties of this church go back out towards the Knoxville Dream Center. Um, some of you guys that were around the summer know we participated in a school supply drive. The other thing that the Knoxville Dream Center does is they come alongside Title I schools in really poor areas and support them. And so... Grace Chapel Knoxville was able to provide 20 bags of school supplies to the kids at Inskip Elementary School. So thank you guys for participating in that. All right, how many of you know Andrew and Abigail Jolly? You guys know Andrew and Abigail? Man, they're an awesome couple. Um, I think the cat's officially out of the bag. Abigail was telling me last Sunday the cat's out of the bag. They are expecting, they're pregnant. Because, you know, when you come to church here after a while, eventually that happens. So... 
They're expecting, we're excited for them. Um, but they are missionaries right here in Knoxville. They serve on the UT campus and they minister to international students on the campus. Um, Alex and I got to go participate in a water baptism in April um, with a young gal from South Korea who was getting ready to go back home. We got to baptize her in the Tennessee River. It was awesome. It was like one of my favorite things this year. But that's the direct result of Andrew and Abigail pouring into their lives and sharing Jesus with them. And so I would encourage you guys, talk to them. There are practical ways that you can participate and serve in that ministry. We're going to give them a Sunday soon to share. There's some weekends we're just not here because they're doing their job. They're out serving um, on different weekends. And so we're going to give them a Sunday soon to share more, but you don't have to wait for that. Go up to them. Let them know you'd like to be involved. Consider supporting them directly. We give money to them as a church, but that doesn't have to stop you from giving directly to them. They're doing a really cool ministry. Um, another exciting thing that's happening, um, were any of you guys here uh, late spring, early summer, when a group of people from another local church came and they helped us with set up and tear down? Anybody remember that? Okay, so those are the folks at, um, they're coming from Providence Church, but their church is called The Bridge. They're going to be in South Knoxville. They're two weeks away from launch. They're going to be meeting at South Knoxville Elementary School. Man, it's just been a neat partnership encouraging them as they go on this new adventure. Alex and I have gotten to be friends with Anthony and John, who are kind of the lead guys there helping with that. And so we're, we're praying for them. We've been able to meet kind of with them and be a source of encouragement. We're learning from each other. And we wanted you guys to know, um, when we started... Um, Typically, Alex and I would meet up on Sunday mornings over at his house, and there's this big trailer parked at his house for years, and we'd hook up the trailer and drive it over here and unload all of this gear. And um, a while back, the school allowed us to put a shed on site that we're now using, and so the church gave our old trailer to the Bridge Church to help them start what they're doing. Um, and I don't say that to go like this. I want you guys to know that we believe we're a part of a larger body of Christ here in Knoxville. We don't compete with other churches. I believe God uniquely places different churches where they are to impact the people they've been called to impact. And so we want to be a part of loving and supporting other churches in the area who are sharing the love of Christ. And so we're excited to see what they do in South Knoxville. And so let's be praying for them. It's the Bridge Church. And then finally, you guys know um, we're super grateful to North Shore Elementary. Um, there's different things that we do to kind of serve them throughout the year. And uh, they had done this big project in the spring where they planted all these new trees and stuff, and they just started to be overtaken by weeds. And so one of the things our church body is doing is providing for the ongoing maintenance and care of keeping those weeded and having them freshly mulched and all of that. And so one of the ways we're loving on the school here is taking care of the school grounds um, and there's other things that we do. We, we helped participate in an appreciation lunch for the staff here this spring, um, fed like 100 staff members. So we're very grateful to the school. Many of you have kids here. Let's, let's let them know that we are thankful, and let's love them well and steward them well. When we leave here on Sundays, we do our best to leave this place looking better than it was when we got here. We want to steward even this, this rental space well for the time that we're here. You know, the scripture says that um, if we're faithful with little, then we'll be given much. We gotta start where we are and we need to treat this as if it's our own place, our own house and care for it. So thank you guys for that. So those are some ways that our church body is kind of serving locally. 
Um, you know, there are things that we just do as a church to impact the lives of other people, but we decided early on, we wanted to be a part of supporting things that were already happening in town. There's folks that are already plugged in and doing great work, and we want to be a resource. And so those are some of the ones that we're participating with. All right, let me give you a couple updates on some foreign missions. Man, I can't believe how good the kids are doing. It's like quiet in here. It's almost like awkwardly quiet. Like y'all need to move around a little bit more. Do any of y'all need to wiggle and get some energy out? No, am I causing trouble if we do that? Okay, well, whatever. Y'all are doing great. Um, okay, so first of all, in the spring, um, we shared with you guys that we had an opportunity to raise some money to help furnish a new house in the Dominican Republic that was a part of the Josiah's house ministry down there. This is a ministry that gets kids off the street, brings them into a home environment where there's, there are a Christian mom and a dad. They, they limit it to about six kids per house. They don't want it to be like an orphanage. They want them to learn what it's like to grow up in a Christian home. They, they meet them where they are with their education, which is usually not much. They're often several years behind their age level and their grade. And so they tutor them and get them up to speed, and then they enroll them in a local school that they have great, great partnership with. And so there was a new house that became available in the spring, and we helped furnish it. And I just wanted you guys to know, we're, we're wanting to get some good pictures of it. We'll show you soon. But it's furnished. There's a family that's living there now and that is serving at Josiah's house. And so it's just really cool seeing that come together. The other thing that we did in the Dominican Republic, there's a, there's a ministry down there that works closely with Josiah's house. And there's a lady that started a school in one of the poorest areas in the Dominican Republic. Um, she actually went back into the barrio that she grew up in and started a school. And she ministers to the local kids there. They also have a lot of special needs kids in that school that cannot get their needs met at a typical public school in the area. And so one of the projects they are doing is bringing clean water to their community. And it serves a dual purpose. They can bless their community with clean water. And the kids at the school, especially some of the special needs kids, can start learning the skills of having a job and working in this, this little shop. So we put money towards that. The church did, and you guys gave towards that, and we've got some pictures. There's the front of the store now. This is kind of right on a little, like, Main Street there. And then I think we've got one or two others. Um, that's part of the filtration system. Tony could probably tell us all about how that works. I don't know. And then there's some bottled waters. And so um, they, they literally filter the water, bottle it, and they can sell it right there. And I think they're doing a really reasonable price just to help the community have clean water. Is there... 75 cents for a big five-gallon bottle. So they're really just kind of covering their costs. They're just wanting to bless the community with clean water. So really cool opportunity there. That ministry is called Emmanuel House. And then finally, um, another overseas mission that we support is in Mexico. Our dear friends Brian and Rochelle Ray, almost the same time that we planted Grace Chapel Knoxville, they moved to Mexico. Brian's wife Rochelle grew up there. She married an American boy from Franklin, Tennessee, and, um, and they're now there serving full-time in Mexico, and they've started Grace Chapel, Mexico, in, in the area of Navajoa. And so Brian sent me a few pictures, and I'm just going to read an update that he sent me. This is snippets from a letter. So these pictures are of Villa Juarez and Tessia. These are two different little villages they go into. Um, it's two of the places we are focusing on ministry. Tessia is the village where we took them through discipleship training, and they are now meeting in four different small groups and growing in their faith and deepening in their relationships amongst them and the Lord. 
When I talked to Brian a year ago, he had like three guys in town that were kind of so-so about walking with Jesus. And his hope was to train them, disciple them, and equip them to reach their town. And they've now got four groups that are thriving, that are being run by families in that local town. They have discipled them and equipped them, and they are ministering in their community. Another community where they're still kind of making inroads is Villa Juarez. They're all new believers, and many of the folks hanging around with them have not even decided to follow Jesus yet. They're just kind of curious and checking them out. Um, there's about 15 women involved, three men, and they got 30-plus kids that are coming to their regular meetings. And so his wife is doing a Bible study with the ladies. Brian has the couple of men that show up, help him, and they minister to the kids there. And so um, he said this town's very agricultural. The dads are pretty absent during the day. The moms are often working a job and running the house, so these kids just kind of wander the streets. And so they're really pouring into the kids' lives in this, in this town, Villa Juarez. So Brian just says, thank you guys so much for the support and prayers. We can't wait to see you soon. So there's a snippet of just kind of some of the things that we're supporting and we're part of. I want you guys to hear this, and, and so we'll do this once or twice a year, but I, I want y'all to feel open to ask us questions, talk to us about what our church is doing. Um, you can jump in practically and serve. We will do mission trips at times. Last summer, we went down to Josiah's house together. We'd like to go to Mexico relatively soon. So there will be times where you can jump in on those trips. Um, but we just want you guys to know what is happening here in our body and how we are serving others. Does anybody have any questions? I know that might seem odd on a Sunday morning to stop and, and ask for questions, but any of those different ministries, do you have a question about? Is there something I went over too quickly? We good? All right. Y'all are really quiet today. Hopefully that just means you're really attentive and I'm not just boring you to death. Y'all good? All right. Thank you, Manuel. Manuel's good. All right, so there's a few things we're able to do. All right, so I want to briefly give you a financial update as well. So coming into this year, we, we entered in January of 2018, we entered our third year. So we're right in the middle of our third year now. And our goal when we had set out was at the end of our third year to be self-sustaining as a church. That was our goal. And so after last year, through the whole giving through 2017, we had $125,000 come in local, local giving. Our, our regular tithers gave $125,000, which was right at just under 50% of our budget. It was 48% of our budget. So far, through July of this year, we've already had $114,000, $784.86 come in. So we're just shy of $115,000. We did $125,000 all of last year. So God's been faithful, and there's cool growth. Um, and so that's through seven months of the year. So if we kind of extrapolate that out, we're on track to hit about 196 in local giving this year. 100% would be, would be up to 264. So we're, we're on track for 75% of our budget to be met seven months a year. I, I'm excited about that. I'm blown away about that. You know, I don't, I don't know how you guys think or feel like, I'm not one of those. I'm just looking at the numbers all day long and worried about money. We've said from day one, if we get a little or we get a lot, we just want to be faithful with what we're given and steward it well. But I am blown away to see God's faithfulness in what's happening. And we don't make a big deal about it. There's a box back there. I'm supposed to remember to tell people about it. I forget most of the time. Um, 
but you can give at the box. You can give online. That's great. And I would encourage you guys to consider doing that. If this is your church home, we're called to tithe to the local church body. My wife and I practice that. I would encourage you to do that. But we're not going to beg. We're not going to stiff arm any of that. Um, but I believe we're, we're supposed to give towards the church body that we're in. And it's just been incredible to watch how God's faithfully provided. And I'm excited. Um, there's still a step of faith, man. Like I'm believing as we go into 2019, we'll be ready to, to be a self-sustaining church body. We'll see where we're at. Um, I'm not fearful. Number one, I know our church back home loves us. And if there's a gap, they'll fill the need. But I don't want to live, I don't want to have my faith be like, I've got this safety net, so I'm good. I want to be willing to be stretched in lots of ways in my life. I want to be stretched to believe for God to do miraculous things. But I, I'm believing that God's going to see us meet this goal and we'll be a self-sustaining church so that we can turn around and continue to be more of a blessing to others. There's a reason I'm talking about the places that we're giving towards. You know, we, we run um, a, a tight budget around here. There's a couple people getting paychecks. We're paying for supplies. We pay rent but we're not extravagant with that. And we give away absolutely as much as we can. The minimum we give away is like a tithe. At minimum, we give away 10%. We've been able to do over and above that because we do stuff for folks that we didn't plan. We do stuff for the school. Um, but our heart is to be a church that is generous to our community and considers others. There's a reason we're giving to Mexico and to Josiah's house. We are told to consider our brothers and sisters who are in chains we're told to remember the poor. And so we're going to do that as a church. Um, and I would encourage you guys, do that personally too. You know, you don't have to just sit and go, hey, I, I think the church is giving some of my money to a local mission. Like, man, if God lays something on your heart, give to it and watch what he does. You will not be disappointed. So there's a little bit of a financial update. Okay, so last thing, and then I'll talk about baptism for a minute and we'll get out of here. Um, what can we do? You know, as, as, we, as we move into this fall, as we move into new territory as a church, I want to just talk to you guys really briefly, just as a church family, what can we do? And some things that I just see as being vital. Um, and really all of it is summarized in, you know, maybe this is just an oversimplification, but don't attend church, be the church. Don't attend church, be the church. Now I know, and I've been there, there's a time and a place to figure out where's home. You know, where am I plugging in? And I don't want to push or rush anybody into that. But once you've determined, man, this is my church home, this is my family, let's be engaged. And so I want to encourage you guys in, in kind of five quick ways that we can be engaged. Number one, you can be present and consistent. I, I want to encourage you, if you are part of the church body, when you come on Sunday, I want you to have two words in mind. I'm here to worship and I'm here to welcome people. See, those of us who've kind of found this place said, man, there were people there that welcomed me and loved me and I felt like I was a part of it. Cool, when this is home, you're now that for the next person that's gonna walk in. And so we're, we're inviting them into a church home. And the church home is not the walls. And it's definitely not these curtains. It's, it's the people in a home that make a place home. And so I would encourage you, view yourself as part of this church family and come in to worship God yourself, but come in with eyes to welcome and love on other people. Does that make sense? Um, secondly, I would encourage you to be in relationship. You know, we talk about our life groups, and that's great, and I want people to plug into those. 
I don't want that just to be another thing on the list that you feel like you have to check off. Be in relationship with one another. Have meals with one another. I mean, when I, when I read through Acts and I read through the New Testament, I get so encouraged by all the passages that talk about people regularly breaking bread together, doing life together. They were in each other's homes. You know, there's plenty of life that we're living kind of out on our own. We're at work. We're getting the kids to school. We're at school ourselves. Like, like we are participating in a busy life. Um, we are meant to be a resource to one another as we go through our life, encouraging one another along the way. So be in a relationship, and that might mean getting in a life group, but get to know the people in the body. Pursue friendship, pursue other people, and be open yourself to being pursued. Engage with one another. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, okay, be a disciple. Be a disciple. Church is not a fellowship club. We're here to grow and follow Jesus, and we're here to learn how to pass that on to other people. So, so love people that are right around you. Jesus' strategy was for us to be involved in the lives of people right around us and sharing the love of God there. And so let's be a disciple outside of these walls. Um, and then finally, I already talked about this, but being a good steward, give and serve, participate in the needs of the body. And then finally, be flexible. As we grow, things are going to change. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen in a month next Sunday or in another six months or a year, but eventually these chairs can only go back so far in that direction. And then we'll have to be flexible and adjust to something else. You know, just as soon as I think we've got some of our kids' ministry needs met, we grow in a new way and we have to, we have to be flexible. And so let's prepare to be flexible as, as the church grows and see what God will do in our midst. Be present, be in relationship, be a disciple, be a good steward, be flexible. Can we do that, church family? Yeah? Excellent. All right. Let me talk to you briefly about water baptism, and then we will actually go have some water baptisms. All right. So really simply, I want to talk to you about what water baptism is and what it isn't. First of all, what water baptism isn't, water baptism is not the thing that saves you. Okay, you are not unsaved until you're dipped in water. That is not how it works. Okay, one place in Scripture, there's lots of places, but one place in Scripture to give you an example that tells us what salvation is about is found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, where Paul writes and he says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Okay, salvation is a, is a moment of acceptance where you, you purpose in your heart, I'm giving my life to Jesus, and then it's followed by a lifetime of following him, of being in relationship with him. That's salvation. Commitment to knowing and, and living life with Jesus. Salvation produces assurance of eternity, we know we'll be with him forever and eternity. It also produces a new life of grace now. I can walk with Jesus now and my life can grow and change because of him. So salvation is based in a personal decision that is made, a commitment to follow Jesus. Baptism is not the thing that saves you. Now, baptism is important. So what is it? Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. It's an outward sign of an inward commitment. And so we get baptized, number one, to obey. We follow Jesus' example. He got baptized, and then he told us to go baptize people. Mark chapter 16, 
verses 15 and 16. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. He's saying, listen, go out and do this. It's a point of obedience. We're supposed to do it. Jesus did it. The early disciples did it. We're called to, to baptize and, and to baptize others. And so we practice it out of obedience. Secondly, we do it because it's a declaration. It's a declaration to the world to say, I believe in Jesus. I've given my life to him. You know, the imagery of water baptism is meant to capture the imagery of what Jesus did for us. He died for us. And so that's the picture of of going under the water. The reason we fully immerse is we believe it's meant to represent Jesus being placed in the grave. He died for us. And he didn't stay there. So we don't hold you under for very long. Some of you maybe need a little longer than others under there to get cleaned up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right? So we come back up and it represents him risen from the grave. It also is a picture of what he's doing in our lives. He's saying, hey, that that old person that tried to live apart from me, man, that just struggled and was separated from me by sin and guilt and shame, man, that person is dead. And the new person is coming into new life in Jesus. And so it's a picture of that. And we are declaring to the world, I belong to him. Does that make sense to you guys? All right, so that's what baptism is. Um, So when do we do it? We do it when people are ready. We do it when people are ready. We've had adults be baptized. We've had children be baptized. Um, We've had parents baptize their kids. That's happening today as an example. Um, Parents, we will help you. We'll help equip you if you're kind of unsure or you want help in having that conversation with your kids to determine if they're ready. But at the end of the day, we'll trust your instinct if your child can can communicate, man, they've accepted Jesus and they want to declare that. Great. There's no official age limit in the Bible. You know, there's, I believe there's an age of understanding when a, when a child gets it and they're ready. And when that moment comes, man, we're going we're gonna to baptize them. Um, we do not practice infant baptism. I believe that baptism is, is clearly shown in Scripture to be a conscious decision that someone is making themselves. I am choosing to give my life to Jesus and I'm declaring it publicly in water baptism. However, what Jesus did do was call the little children unto himself. He welcomed them. He prayed over them. He blessed them. And so we do that. We want to see young lives in families who love Jesus that are committed to growing up to know him. And so what we do, um, both as a symbol and as a commitment, is we do baby dedications. And so as a church, we pray over the child, we pray over the family, and I don't know if you realize this or not, but when you're participating in that, we're also committing to say, I'm gonna be a godly example for your kid anytime they're around me. I'm gonna be a part of helping point them to Jesus. And so I wanna give them a clear, godly picture of what it's like to know and follow Jesus Christ. And so we do pray blessing over young kids. Any questions about water baptism or baby dedications? We good? Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys this morning. I know this was a little bit different. It's not kind of a typical dive into the word and have a sermon, but I just think it's important every now and then to stop and know what's happening in our midst. And so if any of this triggered any further questions, please ask them. Um, We are wide open. 
to sit down with you guys and, and share what's going on here. So, all right. So we're gonna, I'm going to pray a blessing over the morning and dismiss you guys. And then we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. Normally when we're done, I mean, we just kind of let everybody visit for 15 or 20 minutes and then we start tearing down and get out of here. Um, but since we've got a really fun event to get to, I'm going to ask you either to leave or help. <laughs> you can leave or you can help tear down. Um, but we don't want to run you off. We want to encourage you to meet us over at the park. So we're going to the Cove. If you did not RSVP or you're worried like, oh, they're not going to have enough food for me, we kind of plan to have more than we needed or more than people signed up for. So just come. Um, we're going we're gonna to target to eat around 1230, but you don't have to wait. You can head over there if you want. There's actually folks who missed church this morning because they've been there cleaning, setting up, grilling food. You know, the burgers are probably getting hot right about now. So we're going to pray. If y'all want to head over there, we'll see you there. Um, if you're on the setup team or want to stay to help tear down, that would be, that would be great. Kids, y'all did awesome. That's like the quietest family Sunday we've ever had. That was amazing. All right, well, Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the life that we have in you. Um, God, we are blown away just to see what you're doing in the church. And God, I feel like even the little bit we were able to share this morning is just a snippet of the life that's just happening here. God, I'm grateful for the way people have, have poured into my life. It's been such an encouragement to me. God, it's incredible to watch the lives that are touched within this body, Lord, in ways that you let us participate in loving our community well um, and even supporting and, and helping bear the burden of people who are um, going overseas to share the gospel with people who have not been reached. Um, God, we want to faithfully commit our hearts to you. Thank you for the city of Knoxville. Thank you for this body of believers at Grace Chapel. Um, Lord, we just lift up the folks who are um, doing a public commitment to you today in baptism. God, be with them. I pray this would be a day that they remember. Um, but God, it's not a finish line. It's a starting point as they launch into new territory in their relationship with you. Um, and God, just bless our time of fellowship as we just spend some time together as a church family. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.